0: Cups up, bitches! First sip of coffee. Cheers. Uh, who's first on the Facebook? It looks like it's Jonathan Horner. What's up, Jonathan? How are you? Hope you had a good weekend. Uh, we got Blair uh, Crook. We got Rob Vetter. We got Ted Palawada. We got uh, Vincent Scaramuzzo. Uh, hope everyone had a good weekend. Getting the sleepies out of my eyes. I uh, I did a back and forth to the ocean. Doggy had a, an appointment to get his hair dyed. But we had this appointment, so I, I, I woke up uh, Saturday morning at uh, uh, like 5, 5.30 and went, come on, doggy, time to get your hair cut. And we jumped in the car and headed out east, and his appointment was from, ready for this? The people that have dogs that they need to groom, they understand this. His appointment was from noon, right, to 5 o'clock, <laughs> five hours, and even if it's the most reputable, reputable place, which I believe this place was, it's still so traumatic for the dog. So then I um, I called up my friend Chris, a.k.a. Fish Guy Photos, and we hit a local brewery, and we sat there and laughed and laughed and had a few pints, tried uh, their version of the um, the pumpkin spice beer, And it's so embarrassing when you order a pumpkin spice and there's always like some man behind the bar, like a real man. And he's like, do you want like, uh, do you want the stuff around the rim? And I really wanted the stuff around the rim, but I knew I couldn't order it. (laughs) Why we do that? I'm like, no, man, I don't need the stuff around the rim. I just want a beer like a man. And their pumpkin ale was, it was just all right. We sat around in a brewery and then we got burgers. It was five hours. Went back to get the dog. And he's like, we're out of here. He saw me, ran. And then he pushed me towards the door like, stop with your small talk. Enough with your small talk. You don't have to talk to everybody you come in contact with. I'm out of here. I hate this place. And he was pulling and pulling and pulling uh towards the door and my god like, ah, my wife will pay you i gotta get out of here do you think new york is returning to the bed old days ah we're struggling um i i certainly uh i certainly hope it doesn't go back to the old new york city that's the new york city i know from when i was growing up where man you were our parents didn't really let us go to the city they felt uh comfortable about us going to the city if we were going to like a Knicks game, a Rangers game, um, a concert, because the Long Island Railroad would dump out right at Madison Square Garden. So they kind of felt comfortable about that. But then we would sneak out and we'd wander around Times Square when it was all gritty and dirty. It was absolutely amazing people watching, amazing pimps and uh, ladies of the evening and giant fur coats, just like you see in the movies. It was, it was, Insane! In every corner, somebody was trying to sell you something. So fast forward to see what Times Square has has become. It's really it's crazy for for us older folk. We remember what it used to be, man. It was unbelievable. But so many people would go to Times Square just to do the people watching. Um, and it was uh, it it was it was a lot of fun, but scary. So you'd come in like an hour before the concert. You'd wander around Times Square and then finally go to uh, Madison Square Garden, check out a game or a concert, and then um, get back on the Long Island Railroad. And then as soon as you got on that Long Island Railroad and those doors closed, you knew you were on your way to Long Island and you felt safe until you made it to Jamaica Station. (laughs) This is too local for people. Jamaica Station, um, sometimes you had to transfer at Jamaica Station, But the the thing about Jamaica Station was it was really, especially back in the day, really seedy and really scary. Long Island Railroad would uh, stop there and all of a sudden all the doors would open and they had to wait for another train so people could get on ours. So those doors stayed open for uh, sometimes like five minutes and you're sitting in your seat like, oh my God, just close the doors and keep going. Red Skies at Night, oh, 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 oh the fix. R- right on, Louis Shanz. Uh Vincent Scaramuzo. I snuck to Times Square as a kid for fake IDs and parents flipped. Oh, yeah, we all try to get to our fake IDs um, in Times Square. I had a really good friend growing up, Bob. He was the first one. Um, I'm so old that the drinking age was 18. And he turned 18, like, early on. In our senior year, and I, my birthday's May 23rd, so I had a good six or seven months to, to wait. But we wanted to go to the bars, and um, there was a Howard Johnson's on 25A as you're heading toward uh, Northport. God, going very local for people today. And we would go there. I, I forgot the name of the place. but off. Uh, it was a Howard Johnson's, and then it was a lounge off to the side. And uh, they were letting they were letting uh, a lot of eighteen year olds in. And Bob had his ID because he was officially eighteen. And then some of my friends, like like uh, Vince Vincent Scaramuzzo, is saying they went to Times Square and got the fake ID. And <laughs> it's just a true story. I pissed off Bob and everybody else. I uh, I wasn't brave enough to to officially try to get a, a fake ID in Times Square. I I, I knew about it. I, I know a lot of people did it. I know it was like a rite of passage when we all were at uh, Harbor Fields High School. You go in to Times Square to get your fake ID, but I just wasn't brave enough to do it. I was I was absolutely uh, a bit on the scared side. So Bob's got the real ID, driver's license, 18. He's good. He gets in to the lounge off Howard Johnson's couple of my friends, they get through with fake IDs they got from Times Square. They're good. It's my turn. I'm at the back of the line, and I hand them, this is the God's honest truth, a library card where I smudged my birth date. The guy goes, you can't come in with this. And Bob's like, "What's what's the problem? What's the problem? I go, ah. I I thought I had a good idea, and I show him what I had. He's like, "You idiot!" And then instead of being in uh, this lounge off uh, the Howard Johnson's on 25A as you head towards uh, uh, Northport, I think it's now a post office. If you really need to know, um, we had to sit in a car somewhere. I think we went to like uh, Green Lawn and sat in a car and drank beers because of me and my stupid library car that that I didn't do a good job smudging my my birth date. <laughs> You could groom the dog yourself. I have, (laughs) it's funny you should say this, someone we get along with in this building, and there's not a lot of people we get along with in this building, which is really, really strange, but no one's getting along with anybody. We don't have common space here, and I think that's the problem. This is like a therapy session. I'm telling you all my dumb issues, but one of the ladies we do get along with, she has a golden doodle as well and she goes i finally had it with you know uh going to the groomers and it was costing a lot of money so i uh i got a grooming kit from amazon what do you think and we're in the elevator with this dog this dog <laughs> oh it, it was the worst haircut i've ever seen <laughs> and she was proud of her work she's like it's a, it's a home grooming kit. What do you think? And, you, you know, there are times you just, you just got to lie. I only learned that uh, late in life, that you can actually lie so you don't hurt someone's feelings. I probably should have learned that lesson when I was doing radio. <clears throat> so I'm like, oh, my God, that's absolutely amazing. You, you know, you got to tell me what uh, what grooming kit, because I'm going to go home right now and order one on Amazon, and then, of course, I come home and I tell my wife, don't ever get a grooming kit from uh, Amazon. Blank uh, got one, and the dog looks horrendous. The dog looks like it's going through chemo. What do you think? Oh, my God. Your dog is ready for Madison Square Garden. Beautiful. No, the radio's best when Honest and no filter, LOL. If you were played, it would have not been the same. <clears throat> True, but... You know, it made for some some awkward days after the mics were off. <laughs> I used to love when I would just beat the crap out of bosses because I thought they're, I really truly believe to this day that uh, if you're a manager in radio, you're just a failed radio show host because they make way less money. And I'm like, why are you telling me what to do? You obviously failed doing this. and Now I got to listen to you. Get the hell out of here. Um, there's a few exceptions to the rule. Tim Sabian was absolutely amazing. Eric Logan was absolutely amazing. I think that's about all I could say. Early on, Bob Buckman was amazing when I used to work at WBAB. But for the most part, these guys stink. And you'd go on the air and just rip them a new one. And then the show's over and you see him in the hall. And you're like, oh, fuck, awkward. But you knew the audience ate it all up. But then you had to walk around for the rest of your time at the radio station feeling very uncomfortable because, you know, they heard every word of it. And, you know, they wanted to scold you. But they would get the ratings and see, especially me and Anthony at the time where the ratings were just going. Wait, I could do it this way. We're just going up, 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 up. So they knew they needed to just leave us the fuck alone because if our ratings were good, then their job was also secure. So they were in a bit of a quandary. I love the Ken Stevens but he was uh, he was spread way too thin. They were they forced him to run three radio stations when truly at the time when me and Anthony were in New York and completely out of control, they needed Ken Stevens there on a full-time basis making sure we didn't blow up the place. This might be a little too inside but I think 98 to 2002, we're at W we're just absolutely destroying, and we're getting syndicated all over the place, and we're number one in pretty much every city they put us in, but we were completely out of control. By the end, we had shot girls, and we would set up full bars, and we had tons of people always around, and the best part, we would walk down the hall to do our show, and there would be literally, I mean literally, no bosses on the premise, on the premises, no bosses. We had the run of the place. And then you know how that ended. Eventually, it got the best of us. But we truly needed someone like Ken Stevens to, I mean, I wouldn't have liked it. But looking back, it, it makes sense now. We needed someone like him to be sitting in that seat um, every day to make sure we didn't blow up ourselves or the radio station. And in the end, we did both of those things. We blew up ourselves and we, uh, (laughs) and we blew up the radio station. So, um, yeah, the best Ken Stevens story though, we got in trouble for something. I mean, we were just bothering Howard and every time we bothered Howard, Howard Stern would call Ken Stevens personally and yell and scream at him. And this is the inside stuff I love because Howard goes on the air and acts like he's a tough guy and he takes on everybody, but he never really took on me and Anthony. So every time we were given Howard Stern a beating, Howard would call Ken Stevens personally and yell and scream and almost give poor Ken Stevens like a stroke. And then Ken would try to talk to us like, you know, cause he, he was awesome and he really, really liked us. But like I said, he was spread thin and he would, He would try to talk us down and try to get us to move on to other things because he just didn't want to get those stupid phone calls from Howard. But on the air, Howard would act like he was the greatest broadcaster ever and he wasn't scared of anyone. But I know, and Anthony knows, that that's not true, that uh, he fought all his battles behind the scenes and then on air made believe nothing was bothering him. So I forgot the bit, but we did something. And uh, Ken Stevens got an earful from Howard and – and um, and the company in general. <laughs> it's okay. He had his bags packed because he had to go from New York to Washington to Philly. His, his work week was exhausting. He had to be in Washington, Philly, and New York every week. So he would try to spread his time. So sometimes he was only in New York like a day. And all of a sudden, he quit on us. He's the GM. He quits on us. Because I can't take this shit anymore. And he... He basically said, I'm done, or I quit. And he grabs his bag of bags and starts marching out of his office toward the elevators. And me and Anthony were in there. We are having a meeting. And we looked at each other like, did he just quit? He can't quit. We were number one all over the country. This was before he blew ourselves up with the sexual sam thing. So I know I marched down the hall. I'm not sure if Anthony followed me or not. I forget that part of this, to be completely honest. And I gave him a scolding, and I told him he can't quit. (laughs) And I said, now you get back in your office, unpack, take a breath, and we'll figure all this out. And he's looking at me all confused because I think he was thinking, wait, I'm the boss. I'm like, yeah, you're usually the boss, but I'm the boss today. You can't quit. Now walk back down the hall, get back in your office, unpack, take a breather, and we'll figure this shit out. And to his credit, man... We figured this shit out. He stayed. Opie Radio. You know, I love Tom Brady. I got no problem saying it. You know, I love. He's different. got some life, huh? I like Seattle. He, oh, he's fucking, ah. he's amazing on eighty levels. You know, the fact that you can, you know, go from one super hot woman to another one while she's still pregnant, not just and my, Giselle, Giselle not get mad at you. My kid. <laughs> we were we were doing a oh, Food Network thing with with Tom Brady, and it was uh, like his charity for kids, right? For special needs kids, and my fucking wife is texting me. I, let, our son needs to meet Tom Brady. You're a monster. Why don't you let him come down to the field? Like finally, I'm like fucking bring the fucking goddamn kid down here. <laughs> <Girl>. <laughs> so here comes this fucking kid. The, the kid's fucking. He's got every flavor ice cream on his fucking shirt. He fucking he he shows up. Tom Brady. I'm like. Tom, this is my son. Tom goes to give him... A, I'll show you the picture. Goes to shake his hand. My kid fucking looks like a piece of Ikea furniture. Just fucking <laughs> Won't even look at him. <laughs> Won't even look at him. Too scared or so just too. So now the guy that was with Tom Brady starts hugging my son because he thinks one of my son's one of these fucking special needs guys. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. There's the picture. Oh, is that look, it? Look, <laughs> look, there it is. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> look. That guy. That guy, like, I don't know, he owns like Pepsi or something. He's like, Oh, poor little kid. I'm like, fucking Robert. <laughs> Run to the Culture and media promotes women to become sluts and whores. Oh, my goodness, this guy. That is the sad part. I've seen it for the past 15 years. They do it because they are trying to make men and women equal. Simple. Damn. I don't mind my women being equal, sir. Sorry, you might be watching the wrong uh, live stream. You know, I uh, immediately became a feminist when my... When my daughter was born, I'm like, oh, now I get some things. I probably would have done most of the bits we did on Opie and Anthony, though. But, you know, to, but to be fair, I, I, I became an instant feminist when my, when my daughter was born. And I want her to have the same opportunities as us, man. Hell yeah. I know that's not a popular uh, talking point for a lot of America, but that's what I want for my daughter. I want equal pay for my daughter. How about them apples? Oh, you, I know there are people from the old days going, ew, what happened to you? Keep women down. Ready? I believe in a woman's right to choose. Oh, shit, no, he didn't. <laughs> Run to the hills. Hell yeah, I do. Does that make me a lib? Hell not. Nah. I'm one of those guys that picks from both categories, bitch. That's what I do. I think that's what we all should be doing. To blindly follow one party line is so stupid. And then you sit there and go, we're free in America to choose. We're not choosing shit. You're choosing one party. And whatever that one party believes, uh, a whole bunch of stuff in there you don't actually believe in. But you feel like, well, I got to now believe in all that stuff because I'm, I'm for this party. And that, my friends, in a nutshell, is what is wrong with America. Women actually uh, make more money than men on average in the U.S. I don't, I don't. I would have to do some research on that, sir. (laughs) Stop acting (laughs) gay What bothered you? Let's try to get through this today. Let's try to do this different. What bothered you? You don't like that? I think women should be equal to men. Are you kidding me? You want to know the God's honest truth? What a woman can do with their damn bodies is absolutely amazing. And somewhere along the way in history, I think that men were like, what the hell? We're useless. And so then they started lifting and pushing boulders up hills and ripping trees out of the ground and doing bicep curls. Well, at least we can get our bodies stronger so we can control them. A woman gives birth to to a, a human being. And we look at them as less than? How dare you! <laughs> it's so stupid. I think, I think, I honestly think everything uh, we we know is wrong. Almost everything we know, I think, is wrong. I surrender to that. Hope he's liberal. Just joking, fella. I'm not liberal when it comes to uh, paying my taxes. Hell, not. I'm not liberal when it comes to cancel culture. Hell not. Although, man, Kanye, I don't want to be that person because I, I try to stick up for uh, all the people that are getting canceled for their free thinking. But this Kanye West, man, he's going to have a, a a tsunami of people coming after him to try to cancel his shit now. Now that he was talking about the jazz... I don't know why people get so mad when you try to, like, uh, tell people that, you know, women should be equal to men. They absolutely should. And I don't think that guy should be taking maternity leave. How about that? Is that a live point? We've all come across that. Where's Johnny? Oh, he's on maternity leave for the next three months. (laughs) What? (laughs) Do what we did. I went to work for, uh, I don't know, how many years did I do radio with kids? I'd have to do the math fast. A while. And I'm not stupid. My wife was doing all the heavy lifting, but I was doing whatever I can. And I went to work tired as a mofo. Trying to get get through the day. Can you imagine I went to like Anthony and Jimmy and... And uh, Scott Greenstein at SiriusXM and said, hey, I need to take maternity leave. (laughs) That's what I mean about um, picking from both categories. Because that's a lib talking point, that guys should uh, take uh, maternity leave. Look, who wouldn't want to take, you know, a couple months off because your wife had a baby? That would be amazing. You get to play golf every day. Go hang out with your buddies. Go, uh, go to football games. I mean, it would be glorious. <laughs> oh, you're supposed to. If you take maternity leave, you're supposed to uh, stay home and 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 help with the baby. That's right. I forgot. Uh, Footer K. Kanye is legit mentally ill. Kanye is amazing. I, I don't know what the final thing's going to be, but it's going to be over the top. He is revving up. He is heading towards some insane conclusion to his life, this Kanye West. Thomas McNulty, women are amazing. When I see a woman not so amazing, it's because a man messed her up. Like touching a butterfly's wings. <laughs> Jesus, that's really good. That's really good. <laughs> Oh, Johnny's lactating. He won't be into work. <laughs> Paternity leave. I know. I. I it, but if you're a guy and you're you're taking three months off because your wife had a baby, then I think they should still call it maternity leave. Uh, Kanye has mental problems. Would love to see Kanye interview uh, Herschel Walker. Herschel Walker uh, shows. Everything that is wrong with American politics. Oh, here we go. Here he goes. But there's people like this on both sides. okay? but the focus today is on Herschel Walker because, uh, you know, it it looks like he was really for abortions and now he's trying to deny it. It really is coming out that this Herschel Walker is not a good dude whatsoever. He's not a good friend. He's not a good father. He's not a good husband. And he could be the most least qualified politician in American politics history. But, but, you have to support him uh, in this day and age. No matter how flawed a candidate is, you have to get in front of a microphone or a TV camera and support Herschel Walker cuz you don't want a democrat in that position. So all these guys know he's a really really bad dude, but they're like, "Well, we have no choice. We got we we still got to support him and endorse him." They're all just full of shit. Uh, did you ever smoke weed before going into the ONA show? Don't lie. Never. My my uh my drug history is very very simple. I was uh uh, uh, let's lower the light so we could snow. I was trying to lower the light so we could see the uh, the sun coming up. It's a little hazy out there, but the sun will pop in a minute um big partier at Geneseo came from a very strict upbringing, so when I was free to go to college, I went hog wild as they say, big drinker for many years uh smoked a lot of pot in college uh did the uh the powder. Uh, not a lot, though, but enough. Tried some shrooms, and then um, I went like at least 25 years, 20 to 25 years, not uh, uh, smoking uh, pot or edibles or any any marijuana whatsoever. And what got me back into it, even though there's so many people out there that want to believe that I was never on the Joe Rogan podcast. I literally was the first guy for the Opie and Anthony show to go on the Joe Rogan podcast. I knew um, that one of the one of the stipulations of going on the Joe Rogan podcast was uh, smoking a little uh, marijuana with Joe. So leading up to my uh, my appearance, I was getting a little nervous because I knew Joe was going to say, come on, man, come on. And I knew that it was, like I said, 20, 25 years at least. It might have been longer than that. Uh, where all I was doing was drinking some beer. And I, honestly, even my drinking was uh, almost non-existent. Some, some uh, Cabernet here and there and uh, some beers on the weekends. But nothing, nothing crazy. I mean, the partying was uh, very, very minimal. So, long story short, I'm about to do the podcast with Rogan. He's lighting up. And he's like, come on, Obe, come on. And you got to remember, it was like 20, 25 years since the last time. I'm like, all right, And I took uh, a couple baby hits. I didn't go all in. But man, it got me in the right place to do the Joe Rogan podcast. And I really, really enjoyed my time. And then um, flying back to New York, I said, you know what? That wasn't that big of a deal. And so then I dipped uh, back in. Not a lot. I do some gummies. Microdose. The Microdose gummies. Promo code OPI. I like that they got, they got the Microdose THC gummy, which is perfect for um, going to sleep at night. And then they got some gummies that will do a little more for you. Let's just put it that way. Not that this is a commercial, but uh, I really, really do enjoy their product. It's, uh, it's wonderful. I think it's Microdose.com, promo code OPI. I'm serious, try the, try the Microdose version where it's just a touch of THC. You've got a face for radio? Do you know what half these radio guys look like? Are you trying to gaslight me? I will put this face up against pretty much anyone that has ever done radio. Face for radio. How dare you, sir? I think because of the guys I worked with for all those years, I think they they brought my number down, if you want to know the truth. I was a solid seven, seven and a half, maybe even an eight at times. But working with those two dog faces probably brought my number down to a goddamn six. So yeah, I woke up at four thinking it was six. Couldn't go back to sleep, was on the TikTok. And um, the other thing I saw, and I think this was the reason why I could not go back uh, to bed for another hour or two. There was a uh, an interview clip of Jeffrey Dahmer from prison that I watched, and I know everyone's watching the Jeffrey Dahmer thing. I still haven't dipped in. I will, I guess, but that's something I got to watch when no one else is in the house. Uh, you know, I got the kids; they're a little young, and my wife definitely isn't into that type of stuff. So I'll get to it. But how he was talking and how matter of fact he was about. His compulsion and eating people and trying to keep them alive so their meat was fresh. And then his compulsion was so bad, he worked at a chocolate factory and he would bring a head to work and put it in his locker while he was working on the chocolate. But he come he came across in these interviews, and I know over the years, most of us have seen these interviews. I understand that. Uh, but I haven't seen it in many years. It's just so creepy how normal he was in this interview. And just very calmly talking about it. And you'd you'd be convinced that he was just some college professor or something if you didn't know any better. That's what makes that whole thing so damn creepy. Uh, do you think the show ever found a groove when it was just you and Jim? No. I think me and Jim Norton could have had a really good radio show. But he uh, he just wasn't into it. He liked the money, he liked the big raise he got after Anthony got fired, he liked the exposure, because we were still talking to a lot of people, but he was, he, was, he was on the fence, so he was supporting Anthony while doing a radio show with me, knowing that me and Anthony didn't get along, and he was not all in. He wasted my fucking time. I mean, he was just miserable doing it with me. He should have fucking left with Ant. Those two thought they were so good together. They should have fucking moved on and did a show together. And honestly, I don't think it would have been as big as Opie and Anthony. But I think they would have had some uh, decent success. But for whatever reason, they never did that. And then Jimmy uh, copped out and, um, and teamed up with uh, Sam. And that's, you know, and that's where he sits now, just rotting. The show is nothing like the Opie and Anthony show. His comedy career is nothing like it was when, uh, when he was on Opie and Anthony. Pretty much all the comedians have passed him by. Uh, podcasts are much bigger than the radio show he's now doing. Because he took the easy way out. What he should have done was started up with, uh, with Anthony and did something. And I think it would have uh, been pretty successful. Yes, I do. Good morning, Oak. Great to see you. What's up, uh, Gabrielle Ruiz? What's going on? Respect women, Chuds. Hell yeah. I think uh, women are the dominant uh, species of uh, of man. <laughs> you try giving birth to a hu- How did that happen in history? Where women were like, there was a time like, no one can even understand that shit. They didn't even know how you got pregnant. And they're like, what the fuck? All of a sudden you're, you're giving birth to another, another human? And then somewhere in there are stupid egos as men decided, fuck that. We're going uh, to be superior to women. And like, how are you going to get that done? Oh, you watch. And they started moving boulders up hills and doing bicep curls. With goddamn trees. That's how they got it done. Have a good day, bitches.